Welcome to Didache, where we are studying to show ourselves approved, rightly dividing the word of truth so we can worship God in spirit and truth, deepening our knowledge of God, thereby enabling us to deepen our love for God. Here is your host, Justin Peters. Welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that this finds you and your family doing well, and I want to thank you for joining me. Uh, I trust that these last few programs have been edifying to you, as uh, Jim has been telling us about his new book, Prosperity of the Wicked. It's an exposition of Psalm 73, as Asaph came close to stumbling over the perceived prosperity of the wicked, but he did not. Uh, God preserved him. Uh, and uh, he, he did not because he finally came into a right understanding. He abandoned human reasoning, human logic, came into the sanctuary of God, and saw things from God's perspective, saw, uh, saw things from a doctrinally sound perspective, and that changed everything for him as it will change everything for us. So, Jim, I thought we would take a program and just kind of kind of be a little loosey-goosey here and just... Uh, let people hear from you a little bit, uh, a little bit more about the church, uh, Kootenai Community Church. Now, a couple of years ago when we did the series on spiritual warfare, you talked to us a little bit about your testimony and how you became pastor of Kootenai Church. But uh, tell us uh, tell us a little bit about Kootenai. One thing, spell Kootenai for us. <laughs> it's spelled K-O-O-T-E-N-A-I. Yeah, not, not spelled like it sounds. But no, Kootenai. not at all. Uh, tell us a little bit about the church, and I hear you, you you say we have church in a box. What what does that mean? Well, right now we've been meeting. We are meeting in a, a cafeteria of an elementary school that is across the street from an old church building that um, that we used to meet in while we were building a new facility. And every Sunday, well, I should say every Saturday, uh, a crew shows up, and I'm usually part of this crew that we show up and we unpack a, a mini storage that's up on a on a trailer and it has all of our church stuff in it so it's got 200 chairs it's got a stage and a sound system and instruments and tables and and nursery supplies and uh, all of that stuff gets unpacked and moved in and set up in a cafeteria that will seat about 200 people comfortably and then on sunday mornings when we're done with our final song we all start stacking chairs and we bust it all back out of the school out into the trailer and load it all back up and haul it away again and it takes about 20 minutes to set up. It takes about 30 minutes to tear down and, and pack away. Yeah. And through all of that, God's people have been amazingly faithful at Kootenai. And we just have not despaired or tired of, of the inconvenience itself uh, as we continue to build on our new facility and look forward to hopefully soon God putting us into that new building. Yeah. Of course, it takes you a lot longer to do all that on the Sundays that I'm away preaching because I'm not there to help you, right? <laughs> yeah, you're not, there to, <laughs> you're not there to load up and, and push push chairs up the ramp. Right. Tongue planted firmly in cheek. But, uh, dear friends, it is it is amazing to see. Uh, not many churches have to do this. But, um, I mean, we have Sunday morning, what, on average, 140, 100? 100, 100, yeah, 150 to 60, 150, 70 people. Is it that, okay, yeah. 150, 60 people. And that's a lot uh, to to set up every Sunday morning, take yeah. down every Sunday right after service is over. That's a lot. Yeah, and, and we've been doing it since 2000. Since 2000. Mm -hmm. Wow. But hopefully that's going to... The, the, the light is at the end of the tunnel, so to speak, as yeah. far as this goes. We've made, our, we've made it our unofficial goal to be into our new facility 
by the end of this calendar year, 2017. So last last year, uh, book sales were were good. Uh, we made uh, I think three thousand dollars off of book sales. Though don't tell anybody that. Just keep that between you and me <laughs> and a couple of our closest friends online, because right. uh, Amazon doesn't like their sales figures being released like that. So, uh, uh. but anyway, we'll we just we'll just say in the neighborhood of three thousand um, dollars from book sales, um, and all three of the books contributed to that, and it was. Um, a very it was very good. I don't know if that's good or bad. I have no way of knowing that. I just know that that's what we that's what we got. I did see, for whatever it's worth, that the average number of books sold online on the Create Space on Amazon, like if you self publish, yeah, if you self publish, the average number of books sold by self publishers to I think two hundred. Uh, that's the average. That's the average. Oh, I think. Wow. So you're above that. Yeah, yeah. That's that makes me feel really good now. Yeah. Above average, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the first time I've been above average in my life. <laughs> so that's good. All right. Well, and yeah, between that and the and a lot of people gave, uh, have given online, even some of your listeners, and I would like to, on behalf of Kootenai Community Church, thank your listeners for their generosity. We had uh, one lady who gave $200 a month for a year. She committed to a year, supported mm. us, and sent that into the building fund. And wow. we've received gifts from overseas and gifts online and um, we put up a, a wish list, an Amazon wish list for a new facility where we put up stuff that we know we're going to need in the new facility, like, um, you know, doorknobs and uh, little speakers and stuff like that that are on there. And, and we had that up for a couple of weeks and somebody went in and bought everything on the wish list and it got dropped off at, at my house for the new facility. So that was, really? yeah. Wow. So people have been gracious and good and, and God has been good to us. Our giving has been up, but we, as a church now, we kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel and, and we, we know that. If if giving continues as it was last year, um, and maybe a little bit better, we could be in by the end of this year. So we we're plugging ahead with it. We got a couple more big projects to finish up. We got some HVAC that's heating, ventilation, and air conditioning in the sanctuary, uh, ceiling grid work in the sanctuary, and electrical lighting system in the sanctuary. And once those three big projects are done, then the rest of us just finish work. Yeah. You know, you're you're uh, putting in stalls and putting in toilets and fixtures and sinks and countertops and stuff like that and we don't have to have it completely finished and and uh you know looking like the crystal cathedral to move into it we don't have to have <laughs> carpet down in the sanctuary we're meeting a room now that's just got tile on the floor so we can we can meet in a place that's just got concrete on the floor right you know that would be, we, we'd be happy with that and call it our own right and then we can finish it once we get moved in we can we can go through the process of putting some of the finishing touches in place but for yeah. for right now we're we're happy that we can look forward to seeing that seeing this come to completion hopefully soon yeah yeah well i I do too and it's it's uh it's it's really been amazing to watch and encouraging to see the how many people chip in and and a lot of people coming in to to do stuff in church work um we've done it debt free free. we've done the the whole thing in debt free we haven't borrowed a dime for this and we got the church got the building when uh we acquired the building uh, well we we uh we moved out of the old church building in 2000 we broke ground in the spring of 2002 so we've been working for 15 years on that i think within a couple of years within a couple of years we had the steel structure up um and we've just been working on that inside ever since okay i was thinking you bought the steel structure. okay no. so y'all put the steel structure we put the steel structure uh, okay. up we okay. put the concrete in the ground and everything right. else okay well, see yeah. that was before i before my time here. right so right yeah okay and sometime, I, if I think it would be encouraging if I told your listeners the story about how we got the land, I do because too. That is that is something that is amazing. It it is. Um, do you want to do that? I can tell that story. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. And, okay. And, sure. And if we so, want to take another 
program to finish it. Yeah, yeah, you, it is an amazing story. Go ahead. Right. Okay. Well, the advertisers will put up with this. Yeah, I think so. Okay, you're not going to lose any advertisers? <laughs> I, if I do, it's, uh, oh well. You're willing to bite the bullet? Trust in the sovereignty of God. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we we, um, we were meeting in an old church building that really could comfortably seat about uh, 60 people. Uh, it was a real tiny sanctuary. And there's old buildings that are you know built in the early 1900s. And we started regularly seeing around 100 people in there on a Sunday morning. And it was, um, God was being good to us. We, we were seeing growth and, and not just... Uh, not just uh, superficial growth, but growth in numbers because um, people were hungering for Scripture and, and they were longing for that and they were coming for the right reasons and good quality people. And it was no secret sense of gimmicks, but God was just adding to our numbers. And we knew we couldn't stay in that old church building, which was, and it was old. I mean, it was old. Yeah. And we knew we couldn't stay in there forever. We had to build a building. So we started looking for land. And there's, I knew a realtor friend of mine and I asked her to start looking around. And, and so we wanted something close in Kootenai because we didn't want to not be Kootenai Community Church anymore if we moved outside of that little city that we're in. So she came back and she said, well, there's a there's a little piece of, of uh, farmland over here. It's a farm field. It was about a block and a half from where we currently were. And she said, this is owned by a man named Dave Miller. Do you want to go take a look at it? So we went and took a look at it. And it was a 26-acre piece, and there was six acres sort of on the south. It was shaped like an L. So that little part on the south was six acres. And and um, she said we could make him an offer to see if he'd split that six acres off and just sell us that six-acre rectangle of land. It would be big enough for anything we'd ever want to do. It's it, it Even with a big building on there, it, the property it looks enormous. There's yeah. plenty of room there for parking lot and baseball field or whatever we want to do with it. So I said, sure, go ask Mr. Miller, whoever this Mr. Miller is, if he would sell it. So I'm, and I was in my old, I was in the old church building in my office there working one day, and I hear a knock on the door. So I went out to the front, and and the man who lived in the piece of property right outside my office, I mean, his garden was right below my office window. He's right next door to the old church. His name was Mr. Miller. I didn't realize, I didn't make the connection that it was the same Mr. Uh, Miller. Okay. And he was kind of an old, gruffy, um, old, gruffy guy, just a hard guy. And, uh, he said, so I hear you're interested in buying my land. And I said, oh, you're the Mr. Miller that owns that six acres. And he said, well, it's 26 acres. I said, yeah, I'm the Mr. Miller that owns that. And I said, oh, I didn't real, I didn't make the connection. So, And he, of course, I talked with him before, and we had kind of a congenial relationship. So he said, well, I'll tell you what. When you get ready to make me an offer, you come over to me. Will you come over, just you and me, no realtor, no middleman. You come over and give me your best offer, and we'll make a deal. I said, okay. So we... Uh, I went first to the city council meeting, and I told them that as a church, we were looking at buying this piece of land. Would they have any objection? The city have any objection to us building on that piece of land? And they said no, and I told them what piece of land it was. And they said, oh, Mr. Miller, good luck having any kind of dealings with him. He's a hard old man. You're not going to be able to get, I mean, good luck working with him at all. And I thought, oh, that doesn't bode well. Uh, and then I was chatting with another man who owned a gas station there just a couple blocks from the church building. And he said, so I hear you're looking to buy Mr. Miller's property. And I said, yeah, we're thinking about that going to make him an offer on it. And he said, well, good luck dealing with that old codger. You'll never get anything out of him. It's like blood from a turnip. And uh, so we thought, wow, that's, that's obviously an uphill battle that we're going to be fighting to get anything, to de- make any kind of a deal with Mr. Miller for that piece of property. But we had um, we went to, we had our realtor do some looking around at different pieces of land in the neighborhood to see what would be a good offer to offer him. And there was an identical six-acre piece right across the street from this six-acre piece that Habitat for Humanity had just bought to put in a little subdivision over there. And it was six acres. And Habitat for Humanity had had paid $14,400 per acre 
for those six acres. So that's over $70,000 that we were looking at. Well, we had $30,000 in a CD that we had saved up. And so this is about October, November that we were talking about this. That CD was going to mature in February. So we sat down with the realtor and with our all of our elder board, all of our group of elders, and the realtor said the identical piece of property across the street, and it was almost like a mirror image, right. 14400 an acre. And we said, we can't afford that. And she said, well, why don't you go in and offer him lowball and see what he will take? Because you, you never know. So we looked at six acres. We had $30,000 in the bank. So that's, that's 5000 an acre Yeah. Um, that we could afford once the CD matured. But we're looking at three, four months before that CD matured. And we don't want to take the money out early and take a hit and lose all the interest that we had had on that CD for the last two years. So we, uh, as elders, we after the realtor gave us that pitch, she left. And we sat down and we prayed. And what we determined after we had prayed about this and we didn't get a word from God or anything like that, we just said to ourselves, why don't we offer Mr. Miller uh, $6,000 an acre, hoping that he will give it to us for $7,000 an acre. And the most that we would pay would be willing to pay $8,000 an acre. But that's as much as we would be willing to That would be 18000 more than we had in a CD. But we figured if we went to people and said, look, we have three, four months to raise this money, and we want to raise $18,000 to buy a new piece of property for our church building, we, we're pretty confident that our people would be generous enough that we could do that. We could raise $18,000. Right. So offer him 6000 Settle. Hope he sells it for seven. But if he wants to go up higher, we would go as high as eight. And after that, if he wanted more than eight, and we couldn't agree at least eight, of eight, then we would take that as God just closing that door, and we wouldn't pursue it. We would just leave it with him. Right. So myself and another, and 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 well, then we had to work out also the terms. I should say back up a little bit. We had to work out the terms of of that agreement, that offer. How would we? How we didn't have we didn't have the money right up front to buy it outright. So we said let's we we have until. This was, I think, October, November, February. Our CD would mature. We would get the thirty thousand dollars then, but we had money in the bank to give him a down payment. So we said, "Let's offer him." I think it was five thousand dollars down payment on the land, and then we would offer him a balloon payment in February and pay it all off in February. But we would make a down payment and then no payments until February, okay. when the CD matured, and then we would pay it all off in one lump sum. And if we couldn't do that, if we couldn't shake that and, and do it debt-free, we wouldn't do it. So we'll offer him $5,000 down, a balloon payment in February. So we prayed about it. We said, that's what we'll sell down. Well, that's what we'll offer him. So meet myself and another elder. We went, we sat, and we had already prearranged this day that after our elders' meeting, we were going over to Mr. Miller's. He was expecting us. So we walked in. He poured us a cup of coffee and sat down. And he said, so you're ready to make me an offer on my land? And I said, yes, Mr. Miller, we are. And he said, what's your offer? And I said, well, we're prepared to offer you $6,000 an acre for your six acres of land. And he stopped and he looked at me and he said, I'll tell you what, $30,000 for the whole six acres. And I was just stunned. Huh. And I thought, okay, he's, if I understand this right, <laughs> he's supposed math. to ask for more. I'm supposed to be trying to go for less. I just offered him 6000 an acre for this. And he's now countering to me <laughs> for 5000 5, an acre. <laughs> and I said, Mr. Miller, I I offered you 6000 an acre, which is 36000 He said, I know, just, let's just keep it at 30000 an acre, 30000 for the whole six acres. And that's a good, even, round number that we can all deal with and agree to. 
And I couldn't believe what I was hearing. This guy wasn't a believer. He was a hardened unbeliever. So I couldn't believe what I was hearing. And, and I said, well, now, and we had just found out like minutes, you know, an hour before this, when the realtor had talked with us, that it was actually six and a third acres. There was a, you know, once they had it all plotted out, it came to six and a third. And I said, so the, so that's 5,000 acre. My understanding, you're right. And he said, that's at 5,000 acre, 30,000 for the whole six acres. And I said, well, Mr. Miller, we just found out earlier today, it's actually six and a third. So do you want a third of 5,000 for that other third acre? And he said, no, six and a third, six and a half, whatever it is. $30,000 for that whole piece of property that we're talking about. Six and third acres, 30000 just even round number. And I said, oh, we can agree with that. And I, and he said, and then I'll tell you what. He said, you give me $5,000 down, and then you make me a balloon payment whenever you want to make a balloon payment for the rest of it. And how does one and a quarter percent interest sound? So he had almost word for word dictated to me the terms of what we were going to offer to him except he offered us $1,000 less per acre for those six acres. Wow. So that was, for us, that was God dropping that piece of property in our lap. No you know, kidding. We, we had the $5,000 to give him money down. We gave him the $5,000 down and then turned around and made him a balloon payment in February, paid the whole thing off in February as per his agreement. And it was almost as if he had been sitting in on our elders meeting and heard exactly what we were going to offer to him. And he duplicated that offer but gave it to us for $1,000 an acre less. And that was the that was the hand of God upon us. And that was in February. That was in uh, well, that was February of two thousand, I think it was, when we uh, when we finally got that and paid it all off. And uh, it was just an amazing, an amazing thing a gift of a gift of grace to us. And I don't know if he knew what the value of the land was or if he even cared. Yeah, but well, so you, you would think with the reputation he had that you heard from others <laughs> yeah. that he would he would have found that out and he would have yeah. gotten every. Dime, he he would have made it as difficult as he. That's what we were expecting him to make it just as difficult as he possibly could. But I tell you, it was like the. It was like God had just greased the skids and given and just. There's a verse in Ecclesiastes that says, "To the wicked, God gives the task of gathering and collecting, so that he may give to the one who is good in God's sight." Uh, Ecclesiastes, I think it's chapter three um, and or two. Uh, that I think is exactly what happened in that case. God, God, this man had 26 acres that he was sitting on, and uh, God just through him gifted it to us. I mean we did gift we had paid thirty thousand for it, but that was a third of what he could have charged us. The yeah. market value of it was was yeah. a third of the market value. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh you, you know we we broke ground and and um a couple of years later we were breaking getting ready to break ground and a friend of mine had a, a small struggling church that was out along the highway right across the street from beautiful it was a beautiful piece of Lakeview property right across the street from a marina and the church was struggling. It was very small. There was about eight people, and they decided to shut that work down. And that pastor friend of mine came to me, and, and he said, uh, we believe in the work that Kootenai Community Church is doing. We feel like you're a sister church. We were we were lockstep theologically. I mean, just walking in lockstep theologically. And a yeah. great man. Um, but it just came time for them to shut that work down. And he said, we want to hand the facilities over to Kootenai to do whatever you want with them. Sell them. Uh, sell the facilities or, or rent them out or start a church out there or start a college. Whatever you want to do, the facilities are yours. So within a few months, they had shut down and handed us the keys to that facility. And after about a year, we ended up putting on the market and selling it for $425,000. And that allowed us to put in the concrete and the, the floor and to build the buy and purchase and build the steel structure that we're now building in. So wow. two massive gifts from God that allowed us to really get a kickstart on that. And the rest of it we've been doing as donations have come in. And as we have the money and the skill and the ability to do it, We've been working on it and, and working on it now for 15 years and still committed to do it debt-free and hopefully occupy it debt-free. Yeah. 
So God, we, we, I, we see the, I see the hand of God in it, and I know that his timing is perfect, and, and we're content to just wait on him. That's the decision we've made, and, and we're trusting God for that. Yeah. Amazing, Jim. Truly, God is sovereign, and, um, and, and he does provide. I mean, he, he does provide for his people for, for according to his good pleasure, and, uh, and um, I'm so encouraged to, to hear that story. And, and uh, even, even in the unbelievers, I mean, God, God is sovereign not only over his elect. He's sovereign over everyone. Yeah, he can direct and the he, heart of a king. He can direct the heart of a king, right. Yeah. So he can direct the heart of an, of an old, old Kaji right. uh, farmer yeah. living next door to you. And, and I would never make it a law to say that you know, every church should do it the way that we've done it. But um, we, we've done it this way intentionally having two things in mind. Number one, we don't want to get into a new facility and have a, have a mortgage that we have to pay on that would hinder our ability to do ministry. Right? When we get into a new facility, if we want to have big-name celebrity preachers like Justin Peters and Ken Ham and <laughs> John MacArthur come in, and we can afford to do that, and we can bring guys like that in. Oh, you can't afford me, Jim. We, we, <laughs> we don't want to... We, we don't want to have a, a mortgage hanging over our head and say, well, we can't do this. We can't do this ministry. We can't help out this person. We can't support this missionary because we've got a mortgage to pay off. We never wanted to have to say that. And 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 also not doing it, not going into debt for it, allowed us to really focus on the stuff that we want to keep our, as our focus, and that is the preaching of the Word and the honoring of Scripture and making the body life of the body all that it should be. Right. And, you know, we it, months, months, months go by before we make any announcements about the building or say anything about giving or the state of anything from the pulpit. We, we just don't do that. We don't want that to be our emphasis. And, and so intentionally we have put that back on the back burner in order to keep the main thing the main thing. Yeah. And I, I believe that God has, has honored that. He, he has. And uh, dear ones, if, if you've been listening to my radio program for any amount of time, and you know that uh, I, have, I have never asked you for money. I've never said anything about it. I've, I've never asked uh, for you to give to Kootenai, but when when Jim says he doesn't talk about money, to the point that we don't even take up, you don't even pass offering plates. I know. In the time there, that I've been a pastor, we've taken up two offerings, and both of them have been special consecration Sundays where we've taken up an offering for the building. So shortly after we broke ground, um, well, actually before we were given the gift of that church building, we took up an one offering on one Sunday just to raise money to get us started. Yeah. And so we had a special Sunday that we told people months in advance, we're going to take up an offering on this day, and it all goes to the building fund. So not save up your giving, but plan to start setting aside more than you normally would for that consecration. And we had a message about giving to the glory of God. We had a lot of worship and a message about what God does in our hearts through giving. And then we had a time of prayer where we prayed and gave ourselves first to the Lord, and then we gave of, of our money to the Lord. And that small little church body of 110, 120 people, not 110, 120 families, 110, 120 people. We yeah. raised over 50,000. No, maybe it wasn't 50, 35,000. I think that was it. I, I think know. it was $35,000 for the building fund that one day, yeah. that one Sunday. And that was on top of our normal budgeted giving. So right. we've done that twice, two special offerings for the building fund, uh, right. for the building, when we've needed the money for some project. And those are the only times that we've ever taken up an offering yeah. in the 20 years I've been there. Yeah, yeah, wow. Well, I, I, I can tell you, I'm not saying, dear, dear friends, if, if your church does an offering, they pass plates. I'm not saying that's wrong, but, but I am saying that it money is not... Uh, is not an emphasis at Kootenai Community Church that you have a little box, a little wooden box in the in the back of the. I started to say sanctuary in the back of the cafeteria where we meet. <laughs> a little wooden box, and people that come in, if they want to give, they can drop something in that little wooden box. A lot of people don't even know it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we've been bringing some 
neighbors of ours to church for the last year or so, and they asked, how, how do we give? If we want to give money, how do we give? And so, well, there's a little wooden box back there, and they looked and said, oh, that's it? And, yeah, that's it. That's it. And uh, so, but uh, dear friends, if, if, if you would um, encourage you to support your local work first, your local church first, but uh, if, uh, if, if your heart is so inclined and you want to, uh, to support the building fund here at Kootenai Community Church, uh, you may certainly do so um, by uh, uh, going to kootenaichurch.org. And uh, there's, you'll see there on the website how you can do that. Kootenai, K-O-O-T-E-N-A-I church.org. That's very gracious of you. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, dear ones, thank you very much for joining me. And uh, Jim's going to join us for one more program at least. And until then, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with you all. Thank you for listening to Didache. We hope that you were encouraged and edified by what you just heard. If you have a question or comment for Justin, or are interested in more teaching resources, or would like to have him come and preach at your church or conference, you may contact him at justinpeters.org.